There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Weekend over, back to work on the Lori and Julia show. So we're going to talk about what we did over the weekend. We're going to talk about entertainment news. I see we might have some Sex in the City news coming up. We might have some... BG's news coming up. We've got all sorts of stuff for you. Rocco, you just got in by the skin of your pants or <laughs> teeth or whatever it is. You come flying in this building. That's right. Well, I've, I've been like uh, working at home. Working at home. Yeah. I feel like as long as I don't need to be here, Absolutely. Yeah. I'll stay at home. Rocco. I'm doing it for, for everybody. I got to say that one of your Christmas gifts to me led to my weekend claim to oh, fame. Oh, good. Oh, I want to know what this is. The Tattersall Manhattan and oh. old fashioned that yes. you gave us the pre mix. Did you drink it? You don't even drink that kind of stuff. Oh, Julia, I brought it over <laughs> to I, my friend Annie. Shout okay. out to Annie if she's listening. Hi, Annie. And uh, neither one of us really like whiskey, but we thought it had been such a hard week. Sure. And we needed to discuss and rehash everything. And even though it was only like two in the afternoon, we thought, let's have, like, and pretend we're sitting at a supper club yeah. somewhere fancy. Oh. It's two in the afternoon. Oh. We envisioned Mancini's. We, she got the, the great glasses and then a lot of ice. And then we took a sip and we're like, whoa, is that strong? But by the end of the drink, it, it was so like, good that we opened so- a bottle of wine oh. and Petty Moi. Was hungover <laughs> at eight o'clock at night. Abs- you did day drinking, Joy. I did day drinking, and it was also my first hangover since COVID the started. pandemic has started. Because this is this is unusual. Julia this is very unusual for a girl like who we know. I because I like to go out. You do and You're get an, my cocktail yeah. on. And anyway, I I was absolutely. <laughs> Pie-eyed, <laughs> and my friend only lives like two blocks two from me, so walk. I walk. I know. And oh. I got my boots on, and I'm kind of slipping and sliding, <laughs> and and I'm thinking, oh boy, I hope I'm not in trouble with Casey. And I'm like, well, where are we going? What are we doing? No, nothing, nothing. And um, that's I, I got home, and he goes, are you kind of uh, buzzed? I go, Casey, it's all Rocco's fault. He gave me, <laughs> I drank a Manhattan. I haven't drank those yet. They're so good, so though. So good. I think I had one. I had one on Friday, too. They're just They're nice and strong, but then we got and emboldened and then drank a bottle of wine. Yeah, that'll kick And then back. I shopped in her closet. Yeah, well, that's the best way to shop. Did you have to pay, or is that free no, shopping? She, it was oh, free no, free shopping. That is a lovely way And to I was shop. in bed by 9.30, and I nursed my hangover between 8 and 9.30 and drank a bunch of water and had my aspirin, and I woke up fine. 
you know. Your first COVID hangover, that's that, something. Julia, I was really trying to think about it. Right. I even had one. I'm trying to think. Yeah. We don't, I had one. I had one like in September, I think early October. Okay. I had, and I think it was on the brown liquor too. Because I think I bought a big jog, it feels like, yeah. of like Manhattan mix. Okay. You know, I don't know if it was Tattersall, but I do love, because they have the servings and it's like a serving and a half. Yes. You know, in those skinny it's, bottles, Rocco, don't you yeah, think? Yeah, something like that. Something like that. And but they, they, they were, the old-fashioned in the Manhattan. And they, once, they're so good. They were really, really delicious. And I like to taste liquor. That is my yeah. COVID thing. I well, want to taste like, it versus vodka where you can't taste anything. Oh, no, we were so tenant. We're like, oh, this is really strong. We're going to be able, this is going to last <laughs> us all afternoon. Sure, we'll just sip. We oh, sipped. Yeah. And then, then it was the gone. Sip, you feel it like, was like, wow, that stuff is great. What else? You had and then you with your good weekend pick of Lupin. Oh my gosh. Did everybody watch it? I, I did. did not. I did my other assignment, the Tiger Woods. All right, you'll tell us that. Yeah. I did that too. All right, Lupin, I started Friday night after the Bee Gees. Oh. Watch the Bee Gees documentary on Friday night. Boy, that makes you cry. And it put you back in a time because we grew up in that time and it was so fun and it was so sad yeah at the same time because they were brothers you know the, oh, yeah. the fam, it was but it was good. so that is that was one good documentary really and then lupin all right so lupin um hot for people, man good detective right. show that, and set in paris yes that is the that is the my summary of it well here it is it takes um because we all dove in it in my family you casey john my mom I think try omar sai is the main actor who the plays hot man yep asan dope and what it is, is Lupin takes its inspiration from a very popular fictional character in France, Arsène Lupin, a gentleman thief, master of disguise, created by Maurice LeBlanc in the early 1900s and gives it a contemporary twist. And so it's all based on these books about this gentleman thief. But is that, it a fictional book? I think so, Laurie. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But but and then this this man, um, Hassan tries to get revenge on something that happened to his dad 25 years earlier, but it's all through this gentleman magic and, and the, the, the honorable burglar. Uh, it's so good. Learned. It was really good. It's it so good. Really, and really I was good. so disappointed. There were only five. Cause when the fifth one was over, cause I, I mean, you really, it's, it's addictive. It's wealthy people behaving badly to, and it's uh, to de- delicious heights the way yeah, they do it. Yeah, it's a little Mission and it's Impossible, a little um, Bond. James Bond, yeah. a little revenge, and it is all set in Paris. And so here's the one line I wanted you to laugh at because mm-hmm. Emily in Paris is the last time we've been to Paris in a, mm-hmm. in a Netflix show. Mm-hmm. And so um, one of the things it said is that the uh, folks in Paris... I think what did this they is say based on Lori. I think this is based on, on a, real, a real story. It is based on a real books, but the people in France said that it was so predictable, and you know, blah blah blah, and they didn't like it that much. Oh, but it's number wrong. one around the world yeah. right now. So if you're, it's L U P I N, and it's Hot Man, Good Detective Show, set in Paris, and there's only five of them. There's right? only five. They're fifty minutes. Yeah. I was so disappointed when the fifth one was over. I'm like, oh, now what am I supposed to do? It's Next only chapter, mid-afternoon. Please, right. Yeah. Next chapter. So anyway, that is like a good one for yeah. everybody. Rocco, how was the Tiger Woods? I DVR'd it. Didn't watch it yet. I enjoyed it. Um, Julia, you watched it too? I, I watched, yeah, two-thirds of it last night. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think 
yeah, it's really kind of interesting uh, to go back and watch how amazing. I mean, the, basically the first half is, and the second half is going to be next Sunday. The first half is basically setting up for the downfall. Mm-hmm. But it's the the uprising of the amazing Tiger Woods, starting from, you know, uh, footage from when he was two years old on the Mike Douglas did it, show. Did it feel like it was stuff you already knew? In a, in a way, I thought so. But there's a character they bring in, Julia, the, the other guy that golfed with Tiger, the guy from, like, the Navy. Right? Okay, I fell asleep before that. Um, <laughs> you lasted a little longer than um, I did. But they, they're they going to talk about maybe why Tiger became such a, a womanizer cheater. Mm-hmm. They sort of hint at what's yeah. coming up. But, um, yeah, it's pretty amazing pretty to watch pretty. this footage and then just to remember what. I mean, he came onto the scene oh. and just dominated and oh. won the, you know, the Pebble Beach by like, you know, 10 strokes and the Masters. And he just was just And he wasn't it. a cheater. No. He no. wasn't a cheater. And that was the thing because I was talking to Lori like Lance. Lance. Like Armstrong. Lance Armstrong documentary was so good. You know, I think of maybe in part two, I want to say he had a bit of some steroid. Oh, he did. He okay. when he was trying to recover from his back surgery sure. and stuff. But we'll we'll see that next week. All right. It, it was really for me. I was. Um, he didn't do anything really bad except for cheat on. I mean, which is yeah. horrible. But that's his personal life. Yeah. As far as the game of golf, he elevated it. I, mm-hmm. It just took me back to a time. I mean, the kids and I, we would sit and watch Tiger. Yeah. We would watch dumb Lance Armstrong biking. I mean, this yeah. is. I was in a jock family with me and the boys. Yeah. And we'd watch him bike, and then we'd watch Tiger Woods right. um, play golf. This is our summers. Yeah. And boy, are we you, fun. Um, I know. But, but it was, it really, we'd always watch it because it was, he made it so fun. It was. Yeah. And he was like this young upstart yeah. and kind of just trying to shake up this stodgy world of golf. And then he did it. Mm-hmm. He did it. He and did it. And he was just dominant. And then yep. they tried to like, I don't even think they got into this yet, but you know, they, they tried to change the courses. They're like, oh, he can hit it that far. Well, we better change the courses so that we can tiger proof it. And then he would still beat him. Wow. I, I want to watch it for He's, sure. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. I think I um we, I fell asleep. We were busy watching Lupin. Oh, the last no. Of Lupin. Honestly. Mm-hmm. What a weekend. And I had to watch I, a little Elvis this weekend. Same. I watched... I, uh, I did, too. I watched Spin Out in Viva Las Vegas. What you watch, Racco? I watched Jailhouse Rock with the family on Friday night, and everybody loved it. And yeah. I tried to watch King Creole, which you love, Racco. It's and, black and white. Yeah. A little slow? What did you think? A little slow, but there's a network. If you just... Ask your TV to find Elvis Presley movies. Yeah. You can find them for free. Yeah. If you don't have TCM. Okay. Yeah. I thought King Creel was on like Pluto or something. Yes. Pluto. I don't even know what that is. I know. We've been this many times. I know. It used to be a planet. (laughs) 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 But yeah, that was kind of fun. All right. Listen, we come back. It's our story we can't get enough of. Yes. That is the Sex in the City music. If you didn't uh, know yet, uh, Sex in the City is back. It uh, happened over the weekend. It was rumored at each, uh, back in December, that HBO was going to be bringing back Sex in the City, yep. the TV show, and some iteration. Uh, we got uh, Will Reeve from GMA giving us. Okay. Okay. Sex and the City is back. Sarah Jessica Parker teasing this short video on Instagram, writing in her character's signature style. I couldn't help but wonder, where are they now? I couldn't help but wonder. HBO Max saying the 10-episode series will follow Carrie, Miranda, and Charlotte as they navigate the journey from the complicated reality of life and friendship in their 30s to the even more complicated reality of life and friendship in their 50s. Noticeably absent from the show, Kim Cattrall, who played the sexy and scandalous Samantha Jones. Still no love? No. 
a public feud between Cattrall and Parker revealing that two of television's best friends aren't friends at all. In 2018, Parker shared her condolences on an Instagram post of Cattrall and her late brother. Cattrall fired back, posting, I don't need your love and support at this tragic time, at Sarah Jessica Parker. Let me make this very clear. You are not my friend. Cattrall later telling Piers Morgan that the cast had never been friends and that she would not partake in a remake of the show. This isn't about more money. It's not about more scenes. It's not about any of those things. This is about a clear decision, an empowered decision in my life to end one chapter and start another. Okay. Okay. So that was uh, two years ago. Yeah. And, and Sex in the City, and, and I guess we posted that little tiny trailer. The show is going to be called, and just like that, dot, dot, dot. But everyone will call it Sex in the City. Right. But Samantha was the sex. It could be called Shoes in the City, mm-hmm. theoretically, right mm-hmm. now. Well, him. okay, so Rocco. Um, yes. On TV line, you know, in all these different places, they're saying, here's the only way Sex and the City Revival can work without Samantha. A lot of people are talking about how they can make it work. And one of the things, and you scroll down, you see a picture of the ladies, and then the very the very second photo, or usually the first photo of the four of them together, is them holding their cosmopolitan cocktails, standing, facing each other, and laughing, and Samantha... Kim Cattrall, who's not coming back, is holding our nipple enhancer body perks in her hands. Mm-hmm. This photo is everywhere. I just tweeted it yes. out at Lori and Julia. They do use that one a lot because Always. they're all laughing in delight. In delight. And this is our nipple enhancer episode that we that got us this radio show wrap Nice. I'm going to go. Okay. But here. anyway, there it is. they say it would start out with Samantha's funeral. Okay, we don't know what it's going to start out with because here's an interesting thing. So this uh, Taffy Brodesser Ackner, uh, I read a book of her. She used to write for the New York Times. She may still, I'm not sure, but yesterday she said, please respond below with your suggested plot line that explains Samantha's absence. Okay. The fifth person to respond, now this is on Twitter, Sarah Jessica Parker, Parker is very... Twitter lazy. She doesn't go there. She Insta doesn't like her social, place. Right. Okay. Okay. The fifth person to respond to Taffy says is SJP. Pen and paper at ready. X. And she's executive producing along with uh, Michael Patrick King. And the two other ladies. The two other ladies. Two. Uh, the, Kim, the three uh, co-stars, Davis. all of them, uh, Miranda, Carrie, and Charlotte, are making a million dollars per episode. Yep. Ten million dollars, you guys. Each. Each. Mm. Did they let Kim Cattrall know that? Although she has said <laughs> she has said that the, the, she the is money. done. She has said that so many times. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. I'm done. I mean, okay. For first, us, she's our favorite. Love. She had the funniest lines. She yes. had the sassiest storyline. Yes. She was the humor. She was she was the sex. In the she city. was the star. Because if you even think about it, Carrie Bradshaw was a pretty prudish sex writer. Beyond. <laughs> but I mean, I loved the four of them. And 
when they said Will Reeve, you know, some somebody wrote that script for him when he said in the, the even more if it was complicated in their 30s, it's even more complicated friendship in their 50s. Right. I don't know about that. They could have it. It could be one of three things for Kim Cattrall. They could recast her, which I don't with, think they will do. No, with okay. Sharon Stone. With Sharon Stone. Mm-hmm. Although Hannah thought they could cast me, but one's my problem, I don't act. That's so funny, because <laughs> Hannah did our social media director. The show, and just like that, could open with the three ladies in the back seat of a limo clearly leaving a cemetery. Right, the funeral. Okay, the funeral. Mm-hmm. Or... Um, it could be that, like, she did the PR for the fire festival, and she's holed up with Smith, you know, hiding, hi- yeah. hiding because that was such a disaster. It's such a disaster, and she was, you know, like they could write her out that way that she's on a spiritual retreat, or sure. she, she, and they could have a list of things that she PR'd, you know, disaster. Funny, that'd be funny. That would be uh, that'd be funny. One thing. Um, Or that she had some kind of an entanglement with a billionaire after she and Smith broke up, even though everyone wanted her to end up with Smith. But she was moving at the end of the movie. She was moving back to New York, and he was staying in California. Yeah, I know. She broke up with him. I know. After she sat on Valentine's Day naked on the dining room table with the sushi all over herself. I know. I just watched that movie not too long ago. It's For us, I'd (sighs) love... And of course, you know, they could have her breast cancer come back and die. That would be realistically real. Although I would challenge Michael Patrick King and Sarah Jessica Parker that, um, you know, uh, what is that cancer drug that saves so many women? Reverse it all. No, that's something else. That's the COVID one. Heparin. Heparin. You know it. It's with an H. Your auntie was on it. Yeah. Heparin. It was, was, they discovered it. Herceptin. Herceptin. Thank you. Thank you. Sounds like rhymes with. Right. Okay. But that has saved so many lives. So many lives. Of course, women still are dying of breast cancer. I mean, men can die of breast cancer. I don't want that. I don't want that. That's my least favorite, but I can see that happening because Sarah Jessica Parker, um, I mean, she worded this. Here on Instagram, um, and I we love her. A a fan claimed that she and Kim don't get along, and Sarah responded to this woman's comment. I don't dislike her. I've never said that. Never would. Samantha isn't part of the story, but she will always be part of us, no matter where we are, what we do. X. She always signs everything Mm -hmm. X. So that's a nicely worded statement but kim will always be part of the sex in the city because she's in the reruns she's in the movies she's paid residuals she's done everything i mean she's written out she's the funniest she literally is it could be quite bland without her well that's what i'm well they won't let it be bland first of all they won't let it be bland but i think the thing that they're saying in this article is that her, if if the, one of the scenarios is that she did pass away and it opens up at her funeral or something, it would rock the ladies so hardcore they would try to figure out some. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. All I know is I don't care. I'm excited. Yeah, I, I'm excited. I mean, Darren Star is not going to be a part of it. No, he's Emily in Paris. He's he, he's got his Viacom and, CBS and thing. all he ever really did was. I mean, he it was Michael Patrick King it who was. wrote that. But and um, who called you on your phone? Yeah. Who called you on your phone when you found out they were going to use our nipple enhancers as a storyline? His admin guy, Ted. Mm-hmm. And the episode season for 
episode six, Baby Talk is Cheap, yeah. is when we, Lori, got our body perk nipple enhancers on Sex in the City. Mm-hmm. And um, the rest is history. There you go. And here we are today. Yeah, we are. <laughs> we don't own Body Perks website. But a million dollars an episode? That's 10 million pages. They deserve wow. it. They deserve yeah. it. Hey, everybody. It is January 11th. So just to wrap up the Sex in the City uh, reboot on HBO Max, which will be called And Just Like That, it's 10 half-hour episodes. Are they half-hour? They're half-hour. So that's a million million dollars dollars. an episode, which apparently is a million dollars an episode is the new... Um, going, rate. going rate for people who can command something that would be considered high octane. Yep. Reese Witherspoon got yep. that for yep. Big Little Lies yep. and some of those uh, other uh, people. And of course, so anyway, but so they're going to start shooting in the spring. Okay. But the fact that Kim Cattrall said, I have pen and paper ready to Taffy's uh, response. Kim Cattrall said I that? I mean, no. SJP said that, you know, like they probably, maybe they already have the script but they'll be curious but who knows you know who knows but uh roger friedman said uh, kim cattrall is to sex in the city what mary wilson is to the supremes and he's like you know we don't know any of the plot okay charlotte miranda's kids have grown up carrie is maybe had a kid or not is she still with big we've heard nothing about christopher Noth. have they time jumped will the kids all be teenagers will there be a sexy character we don't know but it could be it they it could be you know i don't they know they wouldn't do it if it wasn't clever and smart Lori. that was one of the things i always thought about the yeah. writing it was clever and smart and yeah fun. well so, we'll we'll see i mean some of the sex in the city if you watch it now it feels very dated well some of, of course the, it does yeah some well, of it, it does here is a couple things like that. I mean that they're living in New York City. There are no black people. There are no well, they're you know. Gonna, I'm, right. But I'm just saying it has a datedness to it, but also the time period that it was on. I mean, Robert Duvall, like he didn't do uh, the Godfather two, uh, three because he wasn't offered Al Pacino money, and he'd been in the two. So he's like, I'm not doing it. So they just write you out. I mean, soap they, operas do it. They do it. You know. That's, I mean, I just wished. I hope they gave. Kim Cattrall the chance to turn it down one last time, but who knows how many bridges were burned when they were going to do make the third movie, third movie. And she pulled out. It sounded like they were ready to go, ready and then to go. She just said no. So I have a feeling that no, she wasn't. Uh, and you know, anyway, she'll she'll be missed. I I don't know what they're going to do to stop the bland without her. Well, they're going to have to be creative. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want Just it to stop. be the dead. Lori, we have, we have a year and a half probably before it's going to come on air. Uh, yeah. No, I bet it's out next fall. You think so? If they mm-hmm. are doing it this spring? Well, they're not going to do anything dumb. Yeah. Oh. They're too smart. Uh, Julia, where All are you right. getting your intel? I'm just saying, <laughs> why would anyone want to do something and that's not fun? Well, I'm not saying that, but I mean, like, I'm just like, where is that little, that sizzle part of the show? They're going to figure it out. Yeah. I don't think, I think they know what she offered. They're not stupid. All right, moving on. I'm curious. I'm curious. I don't want it to be bored in the city. I know, Lori, but just stop. (laughs) Just stop. We don't know what it's going to be. Okay, so Jason Sudeikis, what is going on here? Oh, my gosh. Sudeikis. 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 Neil Sedaka said what? He called Jason Sudeikis and <laughs> okay. said, can we play Sudeikis? Jason Sudeikis. <laughs> okay. Well, what kind of a name Just is a Sudeikis? 
It's what? always been believe- that. You've never pronounced it right. So just for the sake of this next portion, let's just call him Jason. Okay. <laughs> Star of Ted Lasso. Yeah, Apple that's good. Plus. That is a funny I, show. You can pronounce I, that one, right? Ted Lasso. I, someone I know watched 10 episodes on Saturday yeah. and said it's so funny. It is funny. So, okay. So a week ago today... Um, Harry Styles and Olivia Wilde were at the San Ysidro Ranch in Montecito where he was officiating the wedding of his manager and he was photographed wearing a Gucci suit, holding hands with Olivia Wilde in a Gucci, you know, floral kind of granny gown. Yeah, and they were holding hands and it was just like, I mean, people were just losing their minds. Zoe Kravitz mailed Olivia Wilde a bouquet because it totally bumped her and her husband's breakup right off of the right. the everything because all of a sudden we have this new couple and, um, you know, the situation had all the classics of a Hollywood romance. They started working together on a movie. Their chemistry was immediately... Uh, evident to everybody where have we heard this before? And, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, Angelina Jolie, yeah. Brad Pitt. But this appear- happens a lot of apparently, uh-huh. uh, how we first even heard about this, there's this uh, account called Not Skinny But Not Fat Instagram. Um, uh, Is that mine? Yeah, a little I'm skinny, but I'm not fat. Where they were, it was getting louder and louder about Olivia Wilde's uh, and Jason's. Um, you know, story about their breakup timeline was off by a million miles. And um, on Friday, People, now People Magazine is not Us Weekly. It's not a tabloid. They don't run stuff because their whole thing is they're like entertainment tonight. And that way they want to always keep future interviews possible with all right. the people. They don't want anything too negative on anybody. Well, not that. But they if there are two sides to a breakup story, they will have it. But it has to be well sourced. OK, because then no one can say you're taking sides. People magazine put out not one, but two stories from Team Camp Jason Sudeikis. First, the appetizer. Jason is absolutely heartbroken okay. about the split, and he had hoped they were going to repair yeah. things. Um, he was so crazy about her, he waited to kiss her uh, when they first started dating because he was so sure she would be the last woman he kissed. These are the kinds of details in the appetizer. I kind of like that. Isn't that good? I kind of like that who's ever coming up with that stuff. Mm-hmm. Then the main course, the second People magazine mm-hmm. story, was that Jason had no idea... Olivia wanted out of the relationship until October, which is, of course, a few weeks after she started spending time with Harry and directing him, which was in September. And it was well after that early 2020 timeline that was originally floated. So um, uh, people is definitely got word from several sources from team camp Jason Sudeikis. Sudeikis pushing back on Olivia's timeline that they broke up in January and they kept things friendly and that they really kind of broke up in midsummer. Right. No, no. He says, I mean, whether or not, I don't know what Harry knew about what, where they were in the mm-hmm. relationship. Um, the son is reporting that Olivia told Harry, yes, indeedy, I'm single. I, many people would lie through their teeth. To, with that, I'm, I'm looking at you, you know, and then they're with Harry. So exciting. 
Right. She said, no, right. I'm single. But that's the sum. But there are UK sources that will, you know, will know the inside scoop from Harry. But uh, the simple, uh, I mean, the version of it, basically Harry and Olivia were so infatuated with each other. She cheated on Jason and that did him even dirtier by so you believe manipulating that? him and the media about that? the breakup. I do. I do. I do. Because... The fact that Jason is pushing back means that he feels he has been made a fool of. Maybe sure. she told him nothing. Nothing is going on. You, I, well, Colleen and Bradley believe this is a, a fomance. Oh, no, they believe everything is a fomance, though. <laughs> so, you know, um, taking it to People magazine is a choice. It blows the story up in a bigger way. The headline that Jason didn't know about Olivia wanting to leave and then being heartbroken that's a billboard on a busy highway that people are like, tell me more, you know, right. and that's sanctioned by him. Whereas because he might not have been sure she might have just said to him after filming started the first couple of weeks. And it was like, she was like, I got, you know, I got the hots for this guy and I am bored with Jason. She probably just said, we're going to take a try, whatever, you know, people tell people BS, you know, for breaking up. No one ever really comes right out and says, I want to screw somebody else. I'm done with you. <laughs> You know, Rocco, that's been my experience in the breaking up department. <laughs> you know, really, people are not honest. So well, she says you don't to hurt him, someone. but 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 you got to be honest, especially when you're a public figure, and then you get your guy to go along so with. So what the are public. you saying? Just stop. So the, basically, you're saying she was still with Jason Sudeikis. He's positioning himself <laughs> as the Jennifer Aniston in this situation. Okay. I don't Olivia, know what happened. I thought we were fine. Yes, Olivia has told him something. And apparently this was a story she told her first about her first husband breakup. She did sort of a similar thing. And she had a jump off from okay. her first husband. Apparently. So, anyway, I mean, Olivia cheated on him. And uh, he do wants to. Do you believe to, this? Yeah, I do. All right. She put, she used the media to put out a story that they'd broken up back in January. Really, it was more like, you know, two weeks after filming started, which is September. Okay. Okay. But they promised not, and she didn't do, they kept it quiet. Very quiet. All right. Yeah. All right. But now that she used that, now he's firing back and he's firing back in people. And he went, his people went to page six. And he's just saying, this is wrong. We were still together. Yeah, basically. Yeah, okay. yeah, he's answering it by putting Would out you his do own. that? Would it, you do that if it, someone if it's you're tit for tat, love and right. war, you're public figure. You're yes. embarrassing me. I just we just had everyone over at our house last weekend and now you're with someone else and said we broke up a year ago. This is a show Liar. we can't turn away from. <laughs> this is a show that now both of them are producing from separate corners. And remember, one of her stories was that the relationship burned out because she was more successful than he was. With oh, her no, directing. I never heard that. Oh, we, you and I talked about Did it, we? and you said I feel like no. It was gone. No, you said, I remember you saying no because you were like, no, Jason has a lot going on with Ted Lasso. Yeah. You knew about that show. And here's one more piece of evidence those two crazy kids bought a home in the UK together in like August because he'd be filming Ted Lasso. The the family was going so to go So they there. just bought a home together in August. So yeah. they were very much together. Okay, oh my gosh. So she just... So Harry Styles... Jason is pretty sure that Harry Styles is the reason Olivia Wilde dumped him. 
Well, it, if if they're together, we got another. If, if they're together, that would seem like it, wouldn't it? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, but you, maybe Harry didn't know. You know, she could have told. Do you him. think? Do you think uh, Olivia Wilde's hot, Racco? Yeah, she's all right. I'm I'm into it. <laughs> she's all right. The word, the word, the you know, the word on the set. Okay. Is she's a major a hole? Really? Mm-hmm. Well, now that is that's disappointing news. Yeah. But she may, you know, I don't know if she comes from her a-hole thing by nature or whatever. She's from some family, some fancy family. Is she? She's an a-hole. She was born an a-hole. Yeah, she's she born uh, not only with one. She counts royals, Hollywood legends, and the world's leading writers in her lineage. Oh, she has gosh. a very well-connected past. All right, fine. Where well, Harry was brought up above a pub. Right. And left to go on a show. And she's, her father was a journalist. The late writer Christopher Hitchens was her babysitter. Brideshead revisited author Evelyn Waugh. Um, was her, like... Was she married to that Italian count or prince? Yes. Was that her? Yeah. An Italian prince. Yeah, and she's, she's linked to that prince through the Getty dynasty. And Harry's family is very plain, but she's... Uh, her family parties, like that she would have when she was growing up, Spielberg, Salman Rushdie, Mick Jagger. Right, so so she apparently, is... she's snotty. All right, fine. I would be too. Yeah, I would, I would be, be too. too if I grew up with that. All right, we got to take a quick break. When we come back, oh gosh, I did finally watch the Bee Gees, and we have got to talk about the Kamala Harris cover of Vogue. WTF is all we can say. We'll be right back. Everybody, thanks for listening. Rocco, why'd you pick that BG song? It's kind of one I've been digging lately. Fanny Be Tender. Oh, I I never knew that was the name of it. I know. It's kind of a weird title, Fanny Be Tender with My Love, but... um, I've always loved that song, but I never knew that was the name of it. Be tender, Fanny, be tender with my love. I spent a lot of time with that uh, Barry Gibb record on Saturday morning. Oh, oh. There's a lot I like about it. I like the Greenfields. Yeah, the Brandy Carlisle song is really good. Mm. Um, I like a couple others. The uh, Jillian Welch, the Allison Krauss. There's some good stuff on there. Yeah, it's getting like universal acclaim that Greenfields, volume one. So he's going to do duets with some Mm -hmm. other country. And he gave an interview with John Bream that was in yesterday's paper. And he said about the Greenfields, what he said, he's always, he said a lot of country music just wasn't called country music in Australia in 1958. A lot of the songs were like Ballad of a Teenage Queen with Johnny Cash and It's Only Make Believe with Conway Twitty. That was our real love was that kind of song. So for him, he felt like doing this country thing um, was easy, a natural. And he was such a country fan. In 2006, he bought... Johnny Cash's and June Carter's Cash's home outside Nashville to use as a songwriting retreat. But during renovation, the old wood house was destroyed by fire. Oh, no. And um, anyway, he's he, he so he still just lives in Miami, but he did a telephone interview with uh, John Green that was really quite, quite good. And here's, I don't know, you know, uh, Barry is really quite... He's a good, he gives good interview. He's, he has like no filter. And Bream asked him about this supposed Bee Gees biopic. Okay. And his memoir. And for the past five years, Barry Gibb has been sharing his story as his dad, daughter Ashley types his words. He figures he has at least two more years 
before his memoir will be done. Okay. Oh, really? Okay. First, though, he wants the BG's biopic to be released. Work started six months ago with the same producer who did Bohemian Rhapsody and Paramount Studios is on board. Bream asked Barry Gibb who should portray him in the movie. And Barry said, I don't know, but I've heard rumors. It's Bradley Cooper, who would be perfect as Barry Gibb in the pant bouquet and the chest hair. Yeah, he's got the chest hair, right? He's got the hair. He can grow the hair, exactly. Um, And so he... He that's we haven't heard that rumor. He told Bream he's more concerned that his brothers Maurice and Robin be accurately um, depicted. He said, we want people to see the humorous side of our lives that we had some amazing things and I want them to sparkle regardless of what it has to do with me. Lift my brothers up. Okay, it, it first of all, I watched that documentary Friday night, and you guys had already seen it. It is it is everything, and it, it wasn't it so good, it's so good, and and he was so forthright and honest. I mean, they started out their dad, you know, was a musician. He didn't make it, and the kids could all harmonize, and so he just took them. They they've been they were like Donnie Osmond, you know, working yeah, the since Osmonds. they were five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, just working, 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 and then go to London and. And there are things with the Beatles and having more hits than them initially and all that kind of stuff. I just, but then when he was talking about the pain of his brothers dying and we took, I think we touched on this last week, just how painful it must be to lose a sibling. Oh my gosh. They uh, say it's the, 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 is just a crushing kind of grief is oh. what I've, that there's been books, you know, or people right. that talk about like that, that sibling grief is really, really you know, something, something that people don't talk about it. We know that we're going to grieve about our parents, sure. but we or our kids. not. But, you don't even think about no, your of kids, not, but, but, but siblings, sibling. you're always really <gasps> used to them. Yeah. So it was very raw and real with him. It seemed like he could have teared up at any time. I it really did. And the, the way they came up with the sound for Saturday Night Fever and how what a fluke that was. And then the <sighs> disco suck thing from that Chicago that DJ. DJ. Yeah. I was going into CJ, but yeah, that's a good, that was just a great show. And then, I mean, and he said, we were, we always had a pill in us or a a drink in Mm -hmm. our hand, you know, just talked about how the rock and roll stuff, but it didn't get into it as much as like Elton John and the hair and the outfits. Oh my, Bradley Cooper though is a perfect Baron Gibbs. So I think John Bream, you got a scoop for that because I haven't seen that anywhere. And I guess, uh, and how much Barry, who was the only one that's left alive, who was the best looking of the Bee Gees because there was Maurice and Robin. How much Andy, the younger brother, who was so much younger, looked like Barry? Oh, unbelievable. Even though they were like 12 years apart. Yeah, unbelievable. And Barry was doing an interview across the pond on a on a talk show. Oh, no, the Australian TV, uh, TV show. And the TV host said, I have to tell you, Barry, I was a teenager in the 70s when the Staying Alive music video came out. All those white pants. I just want to say thank you. Barry giggled awkwardly and just said and said well i remember how difficult they were to get on and how difficult they were to get off <laughs> you know oh man because they were they were unforgiving trousers and we were happier for it yeah oh my gosh i'm looking at a funny photo of the gibbs with other musicians with um lady Di- princess diana and and prince charles mm-hmm. 
Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. They, uh, that biopic will be really good, I think. And then he also told John Bream that he recorded with Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson came and stayed with him in 2002 to do a demo. And he just said he it was in the middle of the allegations of child molestation. I could see he just wasn't he was fading inside. He was depressed. Right. And I guess that song was released in 2011. But anyway, it's a great interview that Breen did, and uh, also uh, the Wee Fest has been announced for next, next August. What's, go what are the on dates? Sale. August 5th to the 7th, tickets go on sale on Friday. Nice. So, Good. so they got, they've got a plan. They've got a plan, and it's outdoors. Yes, it is. You gotta love that. <laughs> yeah, so... Annie. Annie who? Annie Oh, and Madonna is thinking about casting Florence Pugh to play her oh. in the biopic that she's going to direct about her own life. Okay. Yeah, we're gonna, we'll get to come out right. on the other All side. Right. But Madonna, yeah, I mean, I kind of wanted uh, that gal from Ozarks, that Julie, oh, you like Julia Ju- Garner. Okay, let but- me just tell you guys something. So we're sitting here talking about music. So yeah. they did um, the 10 best-selling albums of 2020. Number one was Folklore with Taylor Swift. We already knew that. 1.276 million copies. Number one, number ten was her second album, Evermore, with two hundred and eighty-three thousand. And literally, second in line, Lori was BTS. They sold six hundred and seventy-five thousand units. But Taylor Swift really, she had number one and number ten. Yeah, it's kind of amazing. And she's the she's- first act to have the year's top-selling album five times. Uh- since they've been tracking this since 1992, if you're keeping records. She's, that's something. Yeah, isn't it? Go Taylor, go Taylor. It's kind of nice it's a woman and such a young one. Yeah, no kidding. All right, we will be back in just a second.